This is the Lindell Report, bringing you news combined with hope by offering practical and achievable action points to assist you in defending and preserving faith and freedoms. And now, here is your host, Mike Lindell. In the meantime, let's go to Patrick Kolbeck. We're going to continue our uh, conversation concerning uh, the report that is going viral now, put out by President Trump. I think we were the first broadcast outlet to carry it. Hmm, I wonder how that was. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, M Mike Lindell's plugged in with key people. So he got a copy of it, and uh, we started carrying it. And then the next day it got out and went viral with everybody. And we've been going through that, and we're going to go through Michigan now. So we thought, who better to call to talk about Michigan other than the guy that's up there and watched it all unfold firsthand, Patrick Kolbeck who is also, by the way, a literal rocket scientist. So let's talk about a guy that knows numbers and, and uh, patterns and et cetera. He worked on the International Space Station, by the way. He is also now with Cause of America, one of their leaders, and he joins us now. Patrick, welcome back to the Lindell Report. Thanks for joining us. Hey, great to be with you, Brandon. And, and one of the reasons I know a little bit about this report is that I was one of the contributors to this report. And Were I know you really? A lot of the other folks that did contribute um, I call them our meddling kids out here in Michigan, and I can tell you the information that's out there is pretty solid and pretty compelling. So I know everybody's switching over to Lindell TV3 right now to listen to Mike. No, I, so. Well, I'm not sure there's anything at Lindell 3 right now, because last I checked, okay. it was just, it looked like a, like just a, a shot of a couple, it's there now. All right, what it was a shot of just our... Uh, internal equipment which i don't know why anyone would want to sit and watch a still oh, photo no, of our no internal worries. equipment but but i think they got <laughs> it over there now but in the meantime uh let's go to michigan here it is folks the uh report that we've been reading that i think is supposed to be at cause of america i don't know if it's gotten over there yet but uh we did leave off right here last night oh it's we at lindelloffensefund.org oh, or lindellplan.com all right yeah. thank you here we are right now michigan and i and uh i think michigan might be the last the last yeah, Michigan. The this is the last. For last. Yep, the yeah, best the for last. Yeah, the best for last. There you go. All right. So anytime you want to stop me, like Mike does, you stop and say, "Hey, I'd like to comment <laughs> on that." All right. So we well, can start right at the beginning, and I just want to kind of point out to everybody that this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, this this is a summary. This is stuff that we pulled together rather quickly off uh, the top of our head based on information that we knew out of the gates. I mean, um, listen, Michigan was one of those. Uh, states that probably had the largest margin of quote unquote victory for uh, Joe Biden in 2020 of 2.78 percent and equates to about 154,188 votes. So they wrote off the impact of election fraud in the state of Michigan. That's the general narrative that everybody gives us here. But I, right out of the gates, what's the first bullet that they talk about? This is something that uh, Tim Vetter out of checkmyvote.org. He provided this information. He tracks every single month what the status of the qualified voter file is. And by law, that qualified voter file has to retain voting history for individuals in the database for a period of five years uh, minimum. And what we're seeing is that if you take the latest uh, version of that qualified voter file and actually count the number of people who voted in the 2020 election, <laughs> it, there's uh, 271,566 more votes that were cast than voters that cast them. That's a little bit larger than 154,188, and it's worth an investigation. Um, you know, if you keep on scrolling down there, there's uh, additional information here. One of the other ones deals with a FOIA request 
that I submitted because I didn't want to get in the game of them claiming that they were deleting voters to clean the voter rolls, and which we know that they're not doing. Our Secretary of State, per a memo from the former Michigan Secretary of State, uh, Ruth Johnson, she asserted that um, our current Secretary of State added 800,000 ineligible voters into our voter roll before the 2020 election. Um, and Heck, let so, me do this. Let me read them and we'll comment along the way. Michigan was called by yeah. just 154,188 votes. A record 5,579,317 votes were cast and certified in Michigan in the 2020 general election. The yeah. highest turnout in 60 years to date, Michigan yeah. has never shown 5,579,317 voters listed yeah. for the 2020 election in its qualified voter file, the state's database for all voter registration records. Okay, so if yeah. you've never had that before, and it's never happened since, what does that tell you? No, they're making it up as they go along. This is all political theater. They had a script that they wanted to write for Michigan, and then went back and cooked the books to make sure it fit the script. So I, the, the FOIA request that I submitted in the wake of the election, um, that took the state of Michigan nine months, and if you scroll down a little bit lower, it actually highlights the details of that. It took them nine months to go off and respond to a FOIA request. And by statute, that's supposed to be within 15 days. And that's after asking for a 10-day extension. They could not provide me with the uh, a, a comprehensive list of or uh, the names of the voters that would correlate to that 5,579,317 vote tally. So they never had a number that matched that vote, that number of voters. Wow. And, and so... How are you supposed to go off and canvass against that if you're not given the full list of people that they said voted? And for those who don't canvassing us, where you go to door, door to door, go door to door, say it says three people voted here. You know, are there three people living here that voted? Oh no, there's only two of us, my wife and I. That's yeah. it. You know, so that's yeah, we voted in person, but it says we voted absentee. Did they swap my ballot around? What did they do there? Did somebody else claim it? That's a game that get played, and and this is one of the items that they could have inserted into the report as well. Uh, we didn't have time to get to it, but. They did post-election canvassing on the 2020 election, organizations like the Election Integrity Force. Um, they conducted an, and, uh, an election, uh, a canvas, and in an election decided by 2.78%, what they found was an, uh, across, I think it was eight counties in the state of Michigan, six of them had uh, voting anomalies where uh, the, the voting history data was incorrect in four, uh, four to eight percent of the canvassed uh, homes. Uh, and so one of the counties, one of our most populous county um, in Monroe County, uh, there was a canvassing effort led by uh, Jacqueline Eubanks. And Jackie uh, found a 17.6 percent anomaly rate. And she's a former election official inside a clerk's office out in Macomb County. So um, this is serious stuff. And it was never addressed adequately. And so I'm glad that uh, Trump campaign put together another compendium because it's worth reminding people of how they stole the 2020 election because all this stuff demanded an investigation. But instead of an investigation, what they did is order the destruction of election records. They obfuscated at every single uh, turn um, any investigation. They're now penalizing people that questioned the integrity of the election. Threatening to take away their law license. Absolutely. And uh, and. And we got by the way, what's the latest on our mutual friend, Matt DiPerno, who ran for attorney general and was such a vocal voice on this, got the first court order in the nation to audit the Dominion machines there in Antrim, what is it, in Antrim County? 
Yeah, Antrim County. So I what, what, heard, he's like, gone completely silent. Is he all right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I I haven't heard much about him uh, myself. But are uh, they are they are, are his trial? I mean, are they he's are they still going after him to prosecute him? I mean, they indicted well, him. Going right? after, I know they're going after the sixteen electors. I don't know too much about Matt's trial, but uh, these people that provided an alternate slate of electors because the election was in question. I mean, we've got proof, and one of the bullets in here as well highlights the fact that the original vote on certification in the most populous county in the state of Michigan was a no vote by the Wayne County canvassers because they cited that the city of Detroit had 71% of their AV county boards unbalanced, which means that the number of ballots did not equal the number of voters. Um, that's, that indicates that there's some uh, bad election practices happening that uh, could be uh, an evidence of fraud. That's yeah. why you go off and you do an audit. That's why you do post-election canvassing. And uh, I'll tell you, um, you know, that that alone, you take off the, the votes from Wayne County, all of a sudden Michigan flips from Biden to Trump in a heartbeat. So wow. let's go to the next bullet. As of December 2023, Michigan has 271,566 more votes than yeah, the number of voters listed in its yeah. qualified voter file for November 3rd, 2020, more than one and a half times the election margin. So we, we've seen this in many places, Pennsylvania, others. In, yeah. in data obtained from the Secretary of State's office on nearly a monthly basis since the election, the most voters ever recorded in the qualified voter file was 5,511,303 voters in April 2021. This means Michigan's own election record showed 68,014 more votes than voters. However, the number of voters listed in the qualified voter file has been in flux ever since December 2020 <laughs> yep. and is all and always short of the voters needed to reconcile the total votes cast. A complete, yeah, we, complete list of the voters never, from 2020 has never been provided. Right. We've never seen a list of the 5,579,317 people that they say voted during that election. We've never seen that list. And that I mean, by law, that information is supposed to be uploaded into the qualified voter file within seven days. Here we are, three years after the election, we still don't have it. Notice there says, actually, however, the number of voters listed in the qualified voter file has been in flux ever since December 2020. Yeah. What, what does that okay. mean? How, how, how is that, it in flux? That means, well, I mean, there's some rational explanations for being in flux, like people move out, they're no longer eligible, they're change of address, they went to a different state, they died. Yes, or up. is it as Dr. Frank has said, you prepare the steel, you do the steel, then you clean up after the steel? Well, that's exactly what Dr. Frank says. He's all over this. Um, there's evidence of computer-based uh, allocation of ballots to individuals, um, particularly low-propensity individuals in these databases. That's why Benson added 800,000 ineligible voters into the into the voter registration file. This to tee it up for people that had no idea that they were eligible to vote. Um, and so you could allocate a ballot to them. That's the games that are being played with these guys. And literally, I've seen the month-by-month -month, uh, qualified voter file analyses by Tim Veteran crew. And uh, literally, it changes every single month. There's never a consistent story on who voted in the 2020 election. They change records with an individual. So, for example, our governor, Governor Whitmer, if you look at her voting record to this date, it's all over the map and keeps changing. Our Michigan GOP uh, state chair, Christina Caramo, um, her voting record 
changes whether or not she voted in an election or not. It changes from month to month. These guys are making it up as they go along. And by the way, and... would you like to also comment? I had her on my show the other night, Christina Caramo on my show. Yeah. I mean, the, the Uniparty's out after her, aren't they? Absolutely. And Christina is the best thing that's happened to the Republican Party in a long time. So, um, you know, when you're battling the Uniparty, uh, they don't like having their toys taken away from them. And uh, and so we're going through this time of transition right now. Now, there's um, some kind of uh, meeting taking place tomorrow that I understand is not even yep. a legal meeting, right? No, nope, I'm going to be outside just making sure they understand that it's not legal and making sure that. And they're trying to fire her tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's not. It's not valid. I mean, we got to focus in on this 2024 election. And uh, if you don't like uh, Christina's management style, because she's a warrior, I'm telling you, she's one of those that just uh, just is a pit bull on the issue that matters most to her, which is election integrity. It's not about money. I mean, Michigan Republican Party had millions of dollars uh, going into the 2022 election. We lost every statewide office. We lost the Supreme Court. We lost uh, the Michigan Senate for the first time in decades. We lost the Michigan House. And that was with money. And uh, the issue was we had we still had election fraud in the system from 2020. So that's what Christina's focus is on. It's on getting back some measure of election integrity. That's what I'm working on with her and others in the Michigan Republican Party to make sure it happens, along with Mike, of course. So um, we got a lot of work to do, but yeah, Christina's uh, the best uh, thing that's happened in a long time. It's it's challenging um, right now, but uh, uh, you know what? Uh, adapt and overcome, and that's what we're doing. Let's go to the next bullet. The number of voter IDs listed as voting in 2020 has steadily declined since yeah. February 2022. As of December 2023, there was a total of 5,307,751 voters listed as voting on November 3rd, 2020 in the qualified voter file. Voter history files continue yeah. to be removed from the record, resulting yeah. in 271,566 less vote history records than necessary to reconcile the results. Comment? Yeah, so here's a game that's being played. They're deleting some voter records and then adding others. So... While you could try to explain away and say that somebody died, so we took them out of the voter roll, which which shouldn't happen under Michigan law. I mean, it's clear you got to keep those voting histories for a period of five years. But let's just throw them a bone on that one. The issue is well after the seven days where they're required by statute to upload and add additional um, voters, uh, all the people who voted in a given election into the qualified voter file. Here we are years after that election, and they're still adding people to the role saying that they voted in the 2020 election. <laughs> I mean, they literally are making it up as they go along. And uh, it's it's um, and so folks like myself and fellow meddling kids out in Michigan and actually, frankly, across the country, when we ask questions about this, we're the ones that are being targeted. And uh, it's uh, it's um, up is down, down is up. But you know what? I'm confident uh, with what the law says that uh um, pit they dug for us, they're going to be the ones falling into it. And that's what we're up to. And this is this evidence that uh, was pulled together by the Trump campaign, I think, is a way to remind everybody about the egregious nature of questions that, frankly, have not been answered adequately. Yeah. Um, so there's quite a few things in here. We just talked about the voting history mismatch. By the way, with, guys, uh, are you monitoring? Uh, are you monitoring the feed? Because we can cut away and pick up a little Mike's speech. Are you monitoring that, guys? OK, monitor that, please. Each month, voter histories from the 2020 election are being manipulated. 
thousands of unique yeah. votes are removed from the voter history files and other unique voters added. Since 2020, 270,559 voter histories for 2020 have been removed, while 103,128 have been added. So there you go. Yeah, it's they literally are making it up as they go along. And what they're trying to do, frankly, is create chaos so that you can't do a professional audit. Can you imagine being an accountant and having a corporation where instead of voters, we're talking about uh, revenue, we're talking about expenses, and you're trying to balance the general ledger on this? That's changing. It's like the bank statements are changing every single month as to um, what happened the previous month. It's impossible. And and so, um, you know, it's uh, we're not in a good in good shape right now in Michigan. The the key is transparency. The key is uh, getting the word out about some of the more egregious examples of election fraud that happened in the state. And uh, this report helps on that. So there's still a lot more, I think, in this report. Um, and uh, one of the ones that if you go into the next page, I think it's sitting up on the next page. All right, let's go. Individual voter histories are constantly changing, including the history of the state's Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, yeah. Whoop, 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 whoop. Let me go back. Keep going. Uh, yep. I missed that one. Uh, let's see. Whose voting history is missing, go to page 28, uh, votes throughout 2020. A complete list of vote voters was requested via Freedom of Information Act request in yep. December of 2021 and took nine months for the state to fulfill. Two data sets were provided and neither matched. The first data yeah, set I had... fell 22,146 voters short, while the second data set was 120,883 absentee ballots short. Yeah, and I had to pay like $1,500 for that. And uh, um, and I had to issue an appeal to get that information um, out to the Secretary of State because they, they hadn't been responding. So here's the basic layout on this FOIA request. So instead of asking for the status of the qualified voter file, which is Michigan's database that keeps a list of all the registrants and where they can play games with saying, oh, you know, we deleted uh, some people because they were dead. We deleted others because they changed address. So instead of playing that game with them, what I did is I said, all right, I'm not going to play that game. I'm just going to ask simply for the list of people who voted in the 2020 election. And by your records, that should equal 5,579,317 people. And so in response to that FOIA request, finally, after nine months, um, they provided me with two different data sets because I asked them not only for the list of the people who voted, but I said that if they voted absentee, then I wanna know when they received the ballot, when that ballot was received by the clerk's office, when it was counted, in other words, I wanted to see their little paper trail associated with those absentee ballots. And here's the weird thing that happened. So here I am. I got one file with all the people who voted in the election, and it's got a um, and it's delimited to say these are the people that voted in person. Here are the free people that voted absentee. All right. Well, if you add up the number of people who voted absentee in that list, it is a completely different number than the number of people who voted absentee in the secondary list with more information that I asked specific to absentee voters. So in the same FOIA request, in the same response to that FOIA request, they couldn't even get the same number of absentee ballots. That's nuts. I mean, it was off by 120,883. So it wasn't even close. They're not even trying. 
And the fact that they want to fight you on Freedom of Information Act request tells you they're trying to hide something. I mean, if you have oh, nothing absolutely. to hide, you'd give it to everybody, right? Absolutely. And and we didn't get into this in the report. We have our Michigan Secretary of State ordering the destruction of information useful for an audit trail, like the um, flash drives from all the uh, poll books. Um, and uh, I, so you, you have no paper trail anymore. It's uh, They're ordering the flash drives deleted from the tabulators in the poll books. It's it's designed so Isn't that... Isn't that uh, all criminal behavior? It is. It's actually in violation of the United States Code, Title 52, Section 20701. They're supposed to preserve all election records, digital and physical, for a period of 22 months after the election. She ordered the destruction within 30 days of the election. Is that in writing? Yes. And you have it? I have it. So how, how come someone has not sued her for that? We've hit her right now, and this is one of the things that's cited in this report. We've actually went off and sued her on six different occasions. Um, and so we've been successful in six separate court cases. Of, of uh, Courts have ruled in our favor that uh, Jocelyn Benson, the Michigan Secretary of State, uh, issued unlawful directives to election officials throughout the state in six different times, four in the 2020 election, uh, and two that apply to the 2022 election. And so, uh, frankly, we don't have unlimited resources for all this. What, so what happened in those cases, though? We won. Uh, every single one of them. And uh, the uh, matter of fact, if you go to my website at letsfixstuff.org, you can see the list of, the, of five of the cases. The sixth case was O'Halloran v. Benson. Um, it was recently decided out at the Michigan Court of Appeals in our favor. So uh, it's... Uh, so when you start looking at the games that are being played where the Michigan Attorney General is charging uh, the 16 alternate electors in Michigan for, quote unquote, falsifying records, um, the whole election in 2020 was a falsified record and um, and it was conducted in an unlawful manner. And the only way that those charges against 16 electors have any weight whatsoever is if you make the assertion that the 2020 election was lawfully certified. It wasn't. We have six separate court uh, rulings that say our Secretary of State's making it up as she goes along with our laws. And and if you're not executing lawful elections, um, what does that mean you're doing? You're conducting unlawful elections. And means that uh, um, the- So what hope do we have? What hope do we have in 2024 that if they could get away with it this time, and it looks like yeah. very few judges want to do anything about it. Although I do hear today that President Trump's case about being disqualified for, from certain ballots in certain states is going to the Supreme Court. I suppose you've heard that today, right? I didn't see that yet today, but I imagine. I mean, this is all political gamesmanship. Jack Smith is he's he's the one that should be locked up, not not uh, Donald Trump. So, so but does, but aren't they getting away with it? And if they can get away with it, aren't they going to get away with it well, again? Yeah, this is why I'm working with Mike on the plan to secure our elections. This is all about getting this information out to more and more people, which is why what you're doing with the Lindell report is so important. We're going around all the censorship. I mean, I think we were on talking a while back about the Election Integrity Partnership, which is a censorship organization that, um, you know, by proxy, they serve as the proxy of the federal government to censor Americans like myself, yourself, Mike, Donald Trump, you know, Charlie Kirk at a turning point. They're censoring them and keeping them from sharing information about what is really happening in the elections. Well, we're we're going around that in, in this upcoming election. We're going to go off and make sure we've got a solid communication platform to get around that censorship 
and we're getting real-time election monitoring, which is something we didn't have in 2020. And so a lot of these court cases to actually have a chance of overturning the election. In Michigan, you've got to file a case um, claiming um, election fraud to the point where it overturned their election results. You got to put in a, a suit within 30 days of the election results. And so if you're not getting FOIA requests responded to for nine months afterwards, that would solidify your case. That makes it kind of difficult to go off and file those cases. That's why the idea of the real-time monitoring system that Mike's putting in place is so important. So we can build a better case quicker. And uh, now we're getting a little bit more smarter as far as what their tactics are. I mean, think about it. These guys have been planning the steal for decades. And uh, we're just going along, you know, typically three months before the election saying, hey, uh, who's running on the ballot? And then we get engaged. They've been working at this nonstop for a long time. So we got some catch up to do. The good news is we got the truth on our side. And we got some pretty sharp cookies working with us. So I'm, I have hope that the plan that Mike and others are putting in place for this upcoming election will actually uh, head them off at the pass. Democrats threaten Republicans on the Wayne County Board of Canvassers. Here we are and dox yeah. children in order to certify the 2020 results. Monica Palmer, then the chair of the Wayne County Board of Supervisors, cited the fact that 70 percent of Detroit's mail-in ballot counts were still, quote, out of balance and unexplained, end quote, from the August primary as a reason why she initially voted against certifying the 2020 election results. Palmer was, quote, bullied and threatened, end quote, and, quote, feared for her safety, end quote, due to threats she received for voting no. A Democrat Michigan representative-elect attacked Palmer over her certification vote and revealed where her children went to school, saying, quote, I want you to think about what that means for your kids, end quote. Officials in Detroit illegally blocked Republican poll challengers' access, covered the windows, called the cops, and, de and denied lawful challenges in order to count ballots in secret. Again, who who does this kind of thing if you're on the up and up? Nobody, right? No, nobody, nobody does this if you're on the up and up. Yeah, you're giving me uh, flashbacks there because I was actually there. Not only did I was I at the TCF Center with, witnessing the pizza boxes up on the windows and the late night drop of ballots out at the back of the TCF Center without any chain of custody that you probably saw with the Gateway Pundit video that they obtained via uh, FOIA request. Um, I mean, I saw it with my own eyes. I didn't need the FOIA request, but, but uh, uh, nobody believed us until Gateway Pundit put out the surveillance video um, for that. Um, and I was there at this Wayne County Board of Canvassers meeting, and I testified. I witnessed the fact that Monica Palmer and Bill Hartman um, Bill Hartman is now deceased, but uh, I witnessed that both of them voted no on certification um, for Wayne County during that election. And what happened afterwards was public comment period. I was providing in-person public comment after I delivered mine. I left that event to go back home and uh, um, plug in on another meeting. When I found out that this uh, Board of Canvassers meeting was still going after my other meeting was done, I hurried up back to Detroit to find out what the heck was going on. That's when I found out about the verbal abuse that Monica and Bill were getting and how they um, tried to find a amicable solution and uh, under bad counsel from a Democratic lawyer that serves the Board of Canvassers, they were advised that they could issue a conditional yes vote, which is amazing um, because number one, the conditions of that yes vote were never satisfied. and when it became clear to Monica and Bill that that was the case, they reasserted their no vote. And, you know, as somebody who served in the Michigan Senate for eight years, um, the first vote is the vote of record. 
um, on public meetings. If you want to overturn a previous vote of record, you're supposed to issue a motion and vote on that motion to revote on that first motion. They didn't do that. It's not in the minutes, not in anywhere. You can find all the details, all the links to this info out at letsfixstuff.org. But um, it's uh, it's a it's it's amazing that they got away with it. I I even testified to the fact that they voted no and that Wayne County was not lawfully certified um, when I testified to the state board of canvassers. So they were aware of this as well. And they still voted to go off and certify. And by the way, the deciding vote for that certification at the state level was made by a gentleman, Aaron Van Langeveld, who was the Republican state board of canvasser member. And he took a job with the Democrat attorney general, Dana Nessel, after Joe Biden assumed office. Mm. Officials in Detroit, um, we did that one. Affidavits and video evidence revealed thousands of ballots were delivered through a back door of the TCF yeah. Center, the central counting facility in Detroit, at 3.30 a.m. on election night. I think we may have showed that one. Is that the one where the vans show up with the lead yeah. car? The lead car, yeah. and, then, and, then another, and they leave, and then another van shows up? Yeah, there was a great report put out called the TCF Timeline Report by a group called MC4EI. And um, they documented all this as well, and, and and then some with a lot more detail about what happened out of TCF. But yeah, th there was zero chain of custody for these ballots, zero. So they could have came from Phoenix, Arizona, for all we know, um, and they were inserted into the back of the TCF center um, at 3:30 a.m. I saw it there. I was physically there when they brought these um, ballots in. I remember at the time kicking a box across the floor of the TCS center saying they're stealing the damn election because prior to that Trump had a pretty hefty lead in the state of Michigan. And, uh, and this is just stereotypical ballot stuffing is all it is. And here's the strange thing that didn't make it into the report, but it clarifies the fact that these had no chain of custody is that, um, after, uh, you know, I already mentioned that you're uh, under Michigan law, you're supposed to update the, uh, qualified voter file, which is a, with the list of people who voted in that election within seven days of the election. Uh, well, in Detroit, um, at the Wayne County Board of Canvassers, where they were actually going off and reviewing all the returns, um, you know, that's where Monica and Bill were looking at the election returns that were coming from cities like Detroit. Um, what they observed was that uh, all these precincts were, from Detroit were coming back out of balance, some as high as 600 uh, votes out of balance in a precinct where you typically have a thousand to twelve hundred votes being cast. That's like a fifty percent error rate in that particular area. Well, thirteen days after the election, which is well beyond the statutory requirement, they came in with brand new poll books. In other words, they had a brand new list of people that they said voted in that election, and the maximum out of balance precinct after that was only twenty nine. So they were cooking the books, and uh, and for me that I just it it it's an example of the games that get played out here um, and why that late night ballot drop was so important. Later on, we had attorney Stephanie Lambert that did that secured an analysis by a group called Spec and Forensics that validated that a lot of these ballots had no request for those ballots at all. And um, it, so this is a. Uh, this is graft. And when you um, are in control of all levels of government, you can get away with this garbage. I mean, people are claiming to me, so why don't you just file a charge with the uh, attorney general? I go, yeah, really? I, 
there, first of all, if you go to the Michigan Attorney General uh, complaint director and you type in election fraud to figure out where you're supposed to file an election fraud complaint, it comes back and returns, uh-oh. Literally, those are the words, uh-oh. They couldn't find a way to submit an election fraud complaint. So the game And who's your rigged. attorney general? Uh, Dana Nessel. She's famous for uh, getting drunk on Bloody Marys at a Michigan-Michigan State game and having to be carried out of the stadium. Is she the one that won her election and then said, come over here and make out with me? Uh, no, I don't think so. Who was that? that? I... Who was that? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard that one. Well, yet. what's her sexuality? Uh, good question. I think she's all over the map. Well, yeah, she was a former constituent of mine when I was in the Michigan Senate, actually. Okay, one of them. What? Maybe I'm confusing her with one of the other states. But one of them is. Open. Well, her state is inebriation, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, but one of them. That who is it we've played? Uh, yeah, was that her uh, when she won her election? Which 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 one was that? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't recall that. But uh, she's been a disgrace. She's one of those that's gone off as attorney general and said there's some laws that I'm gonna go off and force and some that I won't. And uh, matter of fact, we've got the, you know, I mentioned that Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. That is Dana Nessel. Found. Yeah. Ha Dana have, do you have the video? Because I I have played that video multiple times. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. You got me going. Yeah, okay. Here. Uh, yeah. No. I I honestly don't need to see Dana Nessel anymore at all. <laughs> yeah, but I just want people to know what we're dealing with. Here it is. I found it. Bring up yeah. my volume. Let's see if there's going to be a commercial first. Hang on, wait a minute. Let's get past this pathetic commercial. Okay, this will this will make you throw up. Here we go. You ready? Bring the up the audio. For continuing to stick by me through thick and thin. I love you guys. Also, come make out with me now. Also, come make out with me now. Crank the volume. Also, come make out with me now. Crank the volume. Here we go. Also, come make out with me now. Also, come make out with me now. All right, I just wanted to make sure everybody understood what we're dealing with. Oh, yeah, thanks thanks for that, Brandon. Have you never seen that? <laughs> um, if I did, it was in passing, and it's kept moving. Yeah, well, um, I've played it several times, and the reason I do is just so people understand what her worldview is, right? Yeah. No, no, unfortunately, I, I understand all too well. I mean, she's the one who sent a couple of officers over to my home to— What? Uh, yeah. Tell me about that. Oh, that was back— um, uh, let's see, that uh, 2021 into 2021, there was a, a document up on a website that I was administrator for that had the Michigan seal on it, and which is a no-no, but I didn't know. I didn't put it up there. Somebody else had put it up there, and they sent two police officers over to, to me to send a message. This is something that typically you just go off and call them. They'd send an email to do something like that, but no, they wanted to send a couple of uh, badged officers over to my home with State guns. State troopers to, or what? No, no, it's attorney general has their own law enforcement personnel. Matter of fact, on there's there's so many different areas. They did the same thing to me when I was serving as a poll challenger out of Lane County Clerk's Office. They had five officers um, uh, monitoring me, looking for me to trip up and violate some made-up law that they they had the whole night. Um, so it's an intimidation tactic. Were you we born and raised in Michigan? Yeah, I, I live in Wayne County. You know, I'm just half an hour away from Detroit. Well, you were born and raised there. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever think? I was actually born in Dearborn, Michigan. Did you ever think this would happen to your state? 
No, but frankly, the first 40 years of my life, I was oblivious to all this political stuff. I mean, I, I had a very successful career, an independent business person. For that, I actually in, had an enjoyable career as a quote-unquote a rocket scientist or aerospace engineer. I mean, I worked in the International Space Station. Um, that was fun stuff. I, I was actually instructed by Buzz Aldrin as one of my teachers when I went to an International Space University. So I had a lot of fun, and then, uh, then we got into service mode. And that's when we got red-pilled about all the garbage that's happening in our state. And I'll tell you, the eight years I served in the Michigan Senate was, uh, was a huge eye-opener as to how government really works. And I actually wrote about that in a book called Wrestling Gators that's uh, been very popular with folks out in Michigan. Um, and it just talks about all the games that get played inside of, of uh, government. And, um, and I wasn't having any of it. Um, so, but... You know, this whole election stuff, I'm glad that the Trump campaign is making an issue out of this and reminding people this is one of those things you just got to keep pounding it and pounding it and letting people know, because I think more people are listening now through the efforts of folks like yourself, Brandon, and Mike, because, you know, we're posing questions that have yet to get any cogent answers from the people that say that the 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, an estimated 289,866 absentee ballots were identified as sent to people who never requested them, quote, something yeah. that would be illegal, end quote, according to the Senate committee. Mark Zuckerberg gave Michigan $16.8 million through his nonprofit Center for Tech and Civic Life. And that right there seemed to be done predominantly to help Democrats, which is a violation oh. of, of uh, laws related to 501c3s. Absolutely. And it's equal protection, too. I mean, so now they're giving a bias to a specific group over another group. Um, and by the way, you, you, you kind of highlighted that Michigan Senate report or the Michigan Senate said that that is a report that uh, was put together by um, three individuals, ostensibly by three senators, um, Lana Tice, uh, John Bison and um, Ed McBroom, that is constantly referred to by People in the media. So when WAPO, Washington Post came out with their article, swing state report on the 2020 election, um, they constantly always go back and refer to that stupid report, which was like the least professional uh, report that I've ever seen in my life. And matter of fact, if you go to letsfixup.org, you'll see that I did a line by line, pretty much debunking of that report. And that provides links to evidence. They never provide the evidence. The WAPO, the article on this swing state report never provided links to evidence all they did was the he said she said journalism again and i'll tell you i appreciate outlets like the gateway pundit epic times and these guys because they actually provide links to the supporting documents so you can get um you can read for yourself if you want to dig into the details and and this michigan senate report was riddled with holes i mean literally i i live i grew up in a city called livonia in wayne county one of the subpoenas that the committee issued was for the city of Livonia um, for their machines. They wanted images of machines like we've done in Maricopa County, like we did in Mesa County, Colorado, and, and uh, up in Antrim County. And uh, they issued the subpoena, but they never looked at the data. They never looked at it. And, and yet they come back and said, you know, we, we worked our, our tail ends off to go off and do a professional investigation. on it. Well, they never looked at some of the underlying assumptions regarding the audit trail, the digital audit trail inside these machines. And I think knowing the people that signed off on this, I think just because they didn't know how to do that. 
And, and trust me, I had offered to help them on that front. And because uh, I, I had serious connections with uh, folks that were skilled in that. Plus, I'm a certified Microsoft small business specialist. So I'm not afraid of technology. And uh, literally, instead, they did shoddy work. And that shoddy work is getting replicated um, time after time again in all these uh, um, references by um, shoddy newspapers um, like the Washington Post. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's go to the next one. Um, Mark Zuckerberg gave Michigan $16.8 million through his nonprofit Center for Tech and Civic Life. Detroit received $7.4 million to, quote, dramatically, quote, expand the vote for Democrats. The grants finance drop boxes, quote, (coughs) to facilitate the return of absentee ballots, end quote, like the ones that came in the TCF Center after midnight. Uh, Of course, of course, that brings up the question. If this is the shenanigans they're pulling, how do we know that those ballots that came in came from those drop boxes? How do we know they didn't come from somewhere else? We don't. And I actually have um, on video. I mean, there's no chain of custody from those drop boxes to. If you have drop boxes, which Wisconsin Supreme Court said they're illegal in Wisconsin. But if you have them in Michigan, what does your state law say? You have to have someone from each party that picks them up, counts them. How does this work? How do you how do you have that chain of custody? Uh, well, the way you're supposed to have it, and which was alluded to in the Michigan Senate report. So uh, folks like WAPO, they jump to the end and just look at the conclusion and miss the middle parts. Well, in the middle parts, what they asserted was that um, they, were, they actually chided the uh, city of Detroit and said, you know, you need to provide a chain of custody, um, highlighting the fact that there wasn't any chain of custody associated with this. So, and which they asserted was illegal in the report. So um, but they said there's there's no evidence of systemic widespread fraud in the election. That was a conclusion. That's what everybody jumps to instead. Um, so uh, I don't know. Bottom line, I think uh, the folks in 2000 Mules, they came to the conclusion there's about 226,590 votes in question in the state of Michigan on the basis of these Dropbox um, videos alone. And uh, and I know the people that were reviewing the videos for uh, truth about these guys are very detail oriented. They were very disciplined. They're all very bleary eyed after watching tens of thousands of hours of these Dropbox videos. Um, but I'll tell you, it's a real deal. These guys are stealing the elections and we need to hold them accountable. And um, anyway, wow. that's why we're still at it. The Election Integrity Group True the Vote uncovered the same pattern of widespread ballot trafficking between non-government organizations and ballot drop boxes in Michigan. Numerous incidences of ballot stuffing were caught on camera in Detroit, including video where a woman can be seen going to a drop box and abruptly returning to her car after realizing the stack had no signatures. The woman then (laughs) signs the ballots and deposits the illicit ballots. She had just dropped into the drop box. Uh, Was anyone prosecuted for that? No. No, as a matter of fact, I mean, I think... um... I think we're running out of time, but one of the biggest stories that I I think has just surfaced recently was that before the 2020 election, we had an alert clerk in um, city of Muskegon up in northern Michigan that identified a woman that was bringing in 12,000 absentee ballot applications that were signed. And she was dropping them off at the clerk's office. And she thought that was kind of unusual. And and. Sure enough, uh, she notified. She did the right thing. She notified the local police department, City of Muskegon Police Department. They went off and investigated, which is all good, right? That's what should be happening. Um, but then 
the attorney general in Michigan got involved and then they handed it off to, with the state police and the state police handed it off to the FBI and it got buried. And it wasn't until one of our meddling kids, I think it was Keith Hinkle or uh, Chris Kyle up in Muskegon that uh, reissued a FOIA request to see what the status of that investigation was. It was dropped. It was buried. They never went into detail on it. And there was a lot of information uh, that they found in it. If you go further in the report that was put up by the Trump campaign, they highlight that they identified a multi-state organization called GBI Strategies that uh, um, did this for a living. They were paid to go off and obtain these absentee ballot applications. And uh, essentially, um, uh, the if you actually watch some of the surveillance video there, they, they had a quote unquote QA or quality assurance specialist from GBI Strategies attesting that she was there to make sure that all the signatures were valid. Well, a rudimentary analysis that they conducted during the investigation highlighted that um, these were all the same people signing these all these ballot applications. It was all a farce, and there was never any prosecution associated with it at all. Wow. Uh, let's see here one more. Secretary Jocelyn Benson made unlawful changes to signature verification rules for absentee yeah. ballots, ordering election workers to presume all were legit. A judge ruled Benson's order was invalid, but not until months following the election. And just 0.1% of mail-in ballots were rejected in the November 2020 election for all signature issues. The rejection rate for mismatching signatures was just 0.04%, as only 1,400 out of 3.4 million ballots were rejected. Yep. So if they had, if and they had rejected all of those... Trump would have won Michigan, correct? Yeah, uh, and this is a game that gets played on it. They, that's why they were pushing for mail-in ballot. That's why they were pushing for COVID. That's why they were pushing for... We have them on video actually training poll workers using COVID as an excuse to make sure that poll challengers could not view their screen as poll workers if they, because they put in an arbitrary six-foot separation rule between the poll challenger and the poll worker. So they said, move your table so that it's only got five feet between the monitor and the wall so that they can't go behind you. We've actually got that on tape and uh, nothing's ever done. So we know that they were gaming the system across the board. And uh, the problem is they're not being held accountable. So where do you go? I mean, that's where the big failure with uh, Attorney General Barr at the federal level happened because we tried to take issues out to the federal prosecutors out in this area in Michigan, and they were ignored. Uh, the FBI investigations, well, some of them started promisingly, like the ones with True the Vote on Koenig, which was a you know, primary vendor for um, Detroit election systems. They were sharing all the Detroit election worker information with their friends out at the CCP in China. Um, that that in, When the FBI got involved, everything got buried again. And... Uh, you know, I used to be excited when the FBI would get involved in an investigation. That meant that something was going to be happening. But what we're finding is, in particular, when the D.C. Um, field office gets involved and starts taking control of the operation, uh, evidence tends to get buried and uh, indictments never seem to happen. Yeah, indeed, they don't. Uh, give your website one more time. Thanks for being with us, by the way. Oh, no problem. There's a lot to cover in here. So go to letsfixstuff.org. Um, and also, you know, if you want to get the details of what happened in the 2020 election, I also wrote a book on it called The 2020 Coup. And if you go to letsfixstuff.org, you'll be able to find it there. But it's also available at mystore.com. 
use the promo code meddling kids and I'm, I'm not doing this to sell the book I'm, I'm barely breaking even on that book right now but if you want to know what happened in the 2020 election that book and the evidence inside of it is still as valid today as it was the day i printed it yeah absolutely uh patrick kolbeck as always thank you for being with us and all your hard work uh thanks brandon knock them alive on behalf of mike lindell i'm brandon house thanks for watching take care you're watching lindell tv